a lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Consequence Podcast Network. Another week goes by, another week we get closer to festival season 2022. As the picture gets clearer for one festival, it becomes a little bit more murky for another. Hangout lineup is out, the future of Voodoo Festival in question. Plus today, Mastodon on the What Podcast, Barry Quarter, Lord Taco, Brad Steiner. Which bands this year that matter? The What Podcast. It starts right now. Barry, how's Lord Taco? How's everyone? Good. Good. good, missed, good. You, missed you terribly today. Very excited. I get to talk to, uh, uh, oh, actually, I get to hear you guys talk to Mastodon. How was that? Unbelievable. Yeah? yeah it was really a lot cool. of fun. Yeah. What was Run. the festival that Mastodon's actually on? They just got announced for something, and I can't remember what it was. I don't know, but they just got a Grammy nod. Is Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, they got a Grammy nomination. They're yeah. now Grammy nominated. Yeah, um, now Grammy. Right at like two weeks after uh, Taco and I talked to Brom. Yeah. yeah. Coincidence? I don't think so. You know, I don't it's, know. it's the yeah. chef's kiss. I mean, it's the golden <laughs> seal of approval. The what podcast means get Grammy. I mean, look at how many Grammys we have. So it must be something. It's coming. It's coming. So I've got a, a ton to get through uh, today, and then I want to do a brand new game later called Bana True or False. Ah, I see what I did there. Bana True or False. I'll give you some uh, true or false uh, over-under predictions for uh, Bonnaroo. I, you know, I, I got to feel like we're, we're close to a Bonnaroo lineup. There's so We're in lineup sec- speculation season, and you, know, you can go back and, and listen to all the shows that we've talked about lineup speculation season. Man, people get weird this time of year. They get very, very strange. And, um, you know, the dedication that some of the lineup speculation people have, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they a lot are of, into it. They are into of, it. A lot of tea leaves being read. 
Yeah. Um, I want to start with uh, with uh, news that we just sort of missed for months. It turns out Jeff Cuellar leaving some sort of version of whatever he was doing with, with Bonnaroo and some of the festivals to get a new job. That's correct. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. talk, I texted Jeff briefly, uh, and then I've talked to some of his friends. He now is working basically booking. Wow. I just thought how it sound. It's going to sound when I say it, mm-hmm. they do a lot of, uh, the, the big events like cruise line events. Mm-hmm. So they book sure. those sorts of things and that's what he's doing. And, uh, I, if you'd have given me a heads up, I would have looked up the name of the company that he's doing it Why for. Would I, do that? I know. Right. I should have. I should have thought saw that coming. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. No, I mean, I, I just no, wanted, it won't ring a bell with anybody. Well, I mean, it's a, Jeff it's a, <laughs> I know, I know it's a, I know it's really, really inside baseball, but that's what sort of the show is. Uh, I, first off, it's a big Sixth move. Lamp. Congratulations on, on a, on a big, big job. Uh, secondarily, you know, it has all kinds of ramifications for, you know, our world. Um, seeing as that, you know, he was a major, you know, person yeah, yeah, yeah. inside this universe. You know? Yeah. Uh, sorry. You threw me with your question. It's called That's six a- man, but you're a hundred percent right. Jeff has been, uh, for this entire time, uh, a go-to person. He's the guy that gives the media tour. He's the guy that, uh, we've had on our show twice. He's the guy that, that, uh, AC or live nation would put out in front of the camera. He's, you know, he's the guy that we would talk to. With, and, with all uh, that being said, he's very, very good at his job. He's very he's good at his job. At his job. And he's plus, he looks damn good in a banana suit. Look, damn <laughs> good in a banana suit. You're exactly right. That was a great moment. That was funny. Uh, 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 so so I don't know who uh, dons the, the ban- banana suit now, but, um, you know, I've got some I've got some early, early predictions. And I'm guessing that Mr. Barry Quarter is uh, next up in the banana suit. Uh, boy, that's a big banana suit. That's a big, that's a big peel. That's a banana tree. <laughs> that's a banana. That's the entire banana. But let's Might go back it. to that, you know, because I'm glad you brought that up. Because we've talked for what, six months, a year, maybe more about how the this Bonnaroo has not, uh, they've not communicated, they've not done things that we've come to expect uh, as far as announcements and whatnot. And I have to believe Jeff's been a huge part of that. He's always had the pulse mm-hmm. of the festival and uh, maybe him being gone is, maybe. is part of it. So I, I think you're exactly right to bring that up. And I'm glad you did. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, I'm happy for him. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, he, he was at that job for a long time. I, there's very few of us that, that have it in us to stay somewhere for so long. Barry quarter. I mean, you're hanging on by a thread. Uh, but, you are in. You are I, in. I, I always joke. We, uh, we had the nine one one K the retirement plan at, at the paper where I am. You're, you're going out feet first. I hear you. <laughs> uh, Measure the walls. That's all I can say. Measure the windows <laughs> and the walls and however your exit yeah. plan. Second thing I want to get to is the hangout lineup that came out uh, right after our show a week and a half ago or so. Um, any initial thoughts on it? Uh, I know it's not going to be something that we are jumping up and down about, you know, but it's not really made for us. They, that's, uh, that's right. They that's found right. their lane and they and we said we said it over and over and over. They do this better than probably anyone. They do a pop festival just about as good as anybody. Yeah, I'm looking at it quickly. Uh, I, a handful, a handful of folks, uh, Tane, Leon, uh, Post, uh, Briston or, you know, other than that, it's not for me. Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah, it's not for me. So. 
what you it's know about, it's about but that's this. the point they're not all supposed to be so yeah. yep that came out uh what about what about taco taco you going to uh you're taking the bus down to hang out that's a no yeah it's a no from me yeah oh nothing, why you could, you could park really right there on the beach there. yeah i do like the beach uh-huh. but uh yeah not this lineup hmm it's I'm good glad. though. I mean, let's not let's not cast aspersions. It's it's a good lineup for what they try to do. It's sure. it's very well done. Um, you know, it just, just it's yeah. not for us. Not you know, when us. you get Fall Out Boy, yeah, even though and they're a major, you know, artist from my radio station. Uh, for me, it's just unbearable. Absolutely unbearable. I'm glad to see Kane Brown on there. Uh, Kane's a Chattanooga guy who I. Uh, I think I wrote the very first story on Kane and have been following him. So talk to him personally Boy, for the first time. What, another what show stamp of approval. There, you know, I let you let it go, man. That's how big time we are. But I, I like Kane and I'm proud for what he's done. So glad to see him on there. Let's go. I wanted to touch briefly on this Coldplay thing because I kind of got lost into a uh, the weeds of of a Reddit and an Inforu thread, mainly mainly because it's lineup speculation season and every conversation starts and ends with Coldplay right now. There was one guy, I don't even know who it was at this point, but he said something about, I was talking out of my ass about my information about Coldplay. And, you know, we don't talk out of our ass. I just give you whatever we have at the moment. And so let's rewind and start the whole timeline of Coldplay all over again. Two years ago, when we were this part of the season, I basically said, because I knew that Coldplay was not going to be on the lineup. There were people talking about bringing Coldplay. You know, they had an album at the time. It made sense. Why would they not? And they've never done Bonnaroo. This would be a perfect addition. And I said, well, it's not going to happen this year because they only do tours every other album. I don't know what show that was. I, you know, somebody's much better at this than I, but they only do tours every other album cycle. All right. So then not last year comes up and I say, well, Coldplay's possible. It's very possible considering they're now on a secondary album cycle. Well, then, then the next step was uh, from everybody that I talked to. And this is everybody except Dave, their manager, has basically told me, it makes it just doesn't make a lot of sense for Coldplay at Bonnaroo. And here's why. Uh, their stage show is massive. It takes multiple days to build, though it works out schedule wise. And they're in the southeast at the end of their run. They've got to send their gear to Germany. And that is a two week shipping process. Now, that's all that I've been told. That's not making an assumption that they're in or out, but everybody that I have talked to just finds Coldplay hard to believe. Then on top of all of it, I still personally think that Coldplay, whether or not you like them or not, still feels like an odd fit for Bonnaroo. You know, they just put out a album that for me was just dog shit. I mean, it has BTS on it for crying out loud. Now, I understand that's giving them a ton of exposure because BTS is constant clickbait. You know, the second that you put BTS on anything, you get 10 million, you know, streams and downloads. But at the same time, that just never felt like Bonnaroo's world. Now, granted, could Bonnaroo have Coldplay? Sure. Totally plausible. But from everything that I've talked to, everybody I've talked to up to and not including Dave, their manager, it just seems implausible. So that's the clarification on Coldplay. I I don't I, I don't I don't know. I really don't know. I, I tend to lean no, but what do I know? This is why I don't get as involved in it as a lot of people do. It, it just, uh, it, there's so many factors. Number one, number two, it just feels like you create an expectation. And if it doesn't happen, if you know, then you're disappointed. 
uh, not that that's what, you know, how things should be determined, but I, I just, there's, I don't spend a whole lot of time speculating on who's coming. I have my wish list. I have my don't care list, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you, but I, I would feel I derelict of duty. If, no, no, I, you know, I, I get a piece of information and then I don't share it. I, now I, I try to share yeah. this. I try to share this, this stuff, you know, as it comes with the understanding that, you know, so much can change so much can, can, you know, be different. But if, you know, the point of the show is to, you know, be sort of an inside look at, yeah, you're right. you know, how all of these things work together. And then you have a piece of inside information and you don't share it. Uh, yep, you're right. What, no, what, that's, are, what are we really doing should, here? You Except should for, you share know, it. Patting you, you, everybody and, else on the back. And you did. You, 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 I, I've seen some, uh, who, uh, King Gizzard is another with speculation. I mean, I, I, I look at them. It makes sense. Gizzard is the one that, uh, Really, I mean, I remember getting an email from them and seeing their schedule and thinking they had that June 16th through the 18th open and thinking that's when Bonnaroo is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two days later, Bonnaroo announced the date. So, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, I that's actually you, you bring up a good point. It, although and this is again, this has nothing to do with Coldplay, but just because somebody has an opening in their schedule, I just don't necessarily think that that's the best marker no, it's for not. this person is is definitely a Bonnaroo possible band. Totally. You know, agree, like you said earlier, they... there's just way too many other you know things happening as part of it. And the other thing too that I was told is that Coldplay's not doing any festivals this year. So if they did do Bonnaroo, it would be it would be completely out of nowhere that, when you were talking i was just thinking what you know conspiracy wise or whatever you want to call it maybe they do a smaller scale set just for bonnery you know <laughs> but but again all, all Why the not? things but talking out of both sides of my mouth all the things do work out for coldplay to be a very easy guess right because the schedule works out sure. they're in the southeast it's at the end of their tour they're on an album cycle that they're touring with all of it does make sense it really does you know who knows it, maybe it's very plausible but you know based on the people who i talk to and, and maybe they don't know they they yeah. find it to be you know not likely yeah i know I think even I think even the Stones came up again this year because their their schedule fits. Oh sure. Uh, The other thing I wanted to get to the problem with sharing information on the fly is that oftentimes you can be shot as the messenger. It doesn't mean the message is incorrect or untrue, but because you are the messenger, you take a lot of the the knives. Welcome, welcome to my world. And I, although I understand why, uh, and I don't think that they are, I hope that they're not, but I can understand why somebody would be upset with the information getting out that Voodoo Fest is, there's some questions. There's some questions on whether or not Voodoo Fest is happening. So let's start with just everything that is that is known. People were rolling over their ticket prices. So they're, they're bought tickets from 2019. They're automatically enrolled in, in, yes, I want tickets next year. So they'll roll over the payment. They rolled over the payment for 2020. Now they're rolling over the payment for 2021 because these things were canceled. So they just kept pushing it to the next year, pushing it to the next year. Well, the people that rolled it over to 2022, they started getting refunds this week from Voodoo. Now, Front Gate Entertainment is owned by Live Nation. So it's Live Nation's ticketing company that sent out refunds to people who are rolling over their tickets for Voodoo. And they weren't just offering refunds. They specifically said that the event in 2022 was canceled. Now, if that was the one time that they wrote that, 
I could see, oh, maybe it's a typo. But they said it twice. They said it twice in the same message that the event and the organizers had canceled 2022 festival. That starts getting out. And then the god of them all, Infinity Pass, writes on Infaru, not Infaru, yeah, Infaru, that RIP voodoo. So then the machine and the conversation starts moving. All right, I make a call. This festival is a massive deal for me, for the city that I live in, and for the radio station in which I work. It is a massive deal. This festival not happening is literally the worst possible news for me. I don't want this at all. I pray to God that this is incorrect. I pray to God that this is not being canceled. It is just too important. They get the refunds. Infinity Pass reiterates it. I call and I get a story. And then I call another person and I get some of this is similar story. And then I get another call, pretty much the same story, that they are contemplating not having it. And that it's uh, frankly, they don't they haven't booked anybody yet. At the end of the day, they seem to be questioning whether they can make 2022 work. With all that being said, the future of voodoo is in doubt. The problem here is that the brand is incredible. And the festival, by all accounts, is so well done. They did offer a rebuttal that said, we're trying to do the right thing and offer refunds to you now. And we will have more information about the festival in the coming weeks. Now, Regarding that, I've had sure. a couple of different festival people say, you, you, you can ask somebody to hang, you know, if we can keep your money once and maybe twice, but at some point you, you got to give that back. So I don't know if it's that, but it's, it sure. sounds like, you know, basically the business sat down with a spreadsheet and said, all right, what, what are the ones that are working? What are the ones that are giving us trouble? You know, make the hard decisions. That's total speculation on, on my yeah, part. I mean, but, I, I mean I that's just, probably hope, what, that's what everybody's been doing for two years. Sure. You know, and so. I, I hope, I hope that this is not true. I hope that come January and February, they make me look like an ass. I, just I definitely hope that that's true. There, it's not just you. There's, a hundred, you know, I, I'm exaggerating. I just did a search and there's a dozen, you know, headlines canceled. Is it coming back? That sort of thing. So it's not just you. Well, I, 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 fe- I hope that they're not upset with me, but I have a feeling that they are. And again, I, I didn't invent the message. I didn't just whip this up. It's literally out there for anyone to go and get and say themselves. But, you know, People really like controlling the message of their brands. And, you know, they've got every right to. The uh, Macedon guys, nice enough. Did you have multiple guys or did you just have one? We had Braun. Braun Mastodon. Braun Mastodon, one of the singers. and uh, Master Braun. Master Braun. Master Braun, one of the originals. Are we going to go into that? Because yeah, wanna, let's do that. I, I want to talk come about back. the Beatles thing. Are we going to talk about that? Before <laughs> oh God, after? if you want to, let's let's do this, and then we'll talk to uh, talk to Barry about the Beatles and do a round of Bonna true or false, and then I want to get to what I'm hoping will be the biggest surprise of Bonnaroo 2022. We'll do it next after Mastodon on the What Podcast. Oh. 
Hello there, friend. This is Brad Steiner. I'm Barry Corder. After you check out the latest episode of the What Podcast, be sure to check out some of the other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Rootsland. It's an original story of two friends who take a musical and spiritual journey from the suburbs of Long Island to the streets of Kingston, Jamaica. Or Kyle Meredith with where you can find interviews with all of your favorite musicians and bands. Hosted by our guy, Kyle Meredith. New episodes air weekly on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. A lot of things we want to get to. Uh, like, Let's start with the album, because it just came out, right? Yeah, might as well, Eighth for one? lack of anything else to talk about. <laughs> no, there's plenty. Eighth one, uh, is that what, you're fourth with the guys? Is that right? Or is that all, I, eight, is I... Me? Oh, I've been there since the beginning. Probably about nine albums, I guess. It's the same four guys for the whole time, so we haven't okay. had any lineup uh, changes or anything. I I guess the first time I appeared vocally in the band was uh, uh, Crack the Sky, which is 2009. And ever since then, I guess they we've just ut- utilized my vocals uh, throughout. So handle choruses a lot of times i don't know it just i've always had vocal ideas and you know it takes all four of us to make an album so uh you know all ideas are welcome and yeah. so if i have an, a vocal idea i go in and sing it and if it works with my voice then we commit to it if i can do it physically if i can go back behind the kit and make it happen i usually try it out first and then uh, if the rhythm underneath is too difficult and I can't uh, sing it, then I pass it on to somebody else. But um, for us, it really comes down to who is who has an idea, who's passionate about the idea, who wants to sit down and write some lyrics, who has something to say. And uh, is this is the you know, what I mean, it just just really comes down to who who wants to do it. Uh, and then also it sort of hinges on the riff or the part you know um usually usually for all of us we kind of know what if if there's a certain riff happening oh that's going to be good for troy's voice or for brent's voice or for my voice so we usually kind of know but sometimes somebody will go in and sing something and it's just not quite right so we give somebody else a crack at it and then that's the one that fits and they go yeah cool so we go with that. So yeah, it's just really uh, just comes down to our our personal taste and what we think sounds the best. I'm always fascinated talking with bands about albums, especially bands that have been together for a while. How they come together? Do you you guys have the most of the song done before you go in, or do you go in with nothing and and see what comes? Oh out? no no no! Yeah, yeah we, we're different. talking about we're talking about a year plus of uh, writing and retooling, and it's like a it's like a garden, you know, of, of songs. And there are all these little seedlings, you know, that you are tending to throughout the year and you just kind of water them and check in on them. And, and, oh yeah, that one's getting, you know, so um, it's more like that. It's like you have this crop and you are tending to it the whole time until it's full grown. And then that's when you go in the studio for real, uh, leading up to that we we demo and demo and change things and cut this out and put the put that back there and see you know oh this one's got these three sections but i feel like it needs an ending or you always I, we always know when there's like you know oh, there's something missing from this or or it's too long we need to cut that part out or that's you know so a lot of performing and listening and you know we 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 are we're very self 
critical about it and we try to just getting the four of us to really fall in love with it is 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 a difficult task enough so it uh it takes it's just really takes takes a lot of work do you the do, do you have it to the point where you have the sequencing and everything before you go in or is there still some editing no that- i'd say i would say that there are bands that go in and they're 100 percent ready they're they're 100 uh but we like to leave room for yeah. you know uh we like to leave a little bit of unfinished business, I guess, so that once we're in the studio, we can, uh, we can mess around with some things. So it's not like rigid and locked in, you know, once we're in there. I mean, that's uh, right. so, cause we, 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 we also are, are a fan of, you know, whatever the mood strikes. So we want the mood that day to be the thing that, uh, you know, guides the ship that day. But, a majority of it is locked in, you know, so I'd say 75, 80% is like pretty rock solid. And then the, the, the other 20% or 15% is up, up for debate. Yeah. That's why I say it's always fascinating to me. Cause sometimes I'll talk to people and it'd be like, no, we didn't have anything. We just kind of throw it against the wall and, and see where it lands. And yeah, and- I don't know, but I don't, I, I mean, yeah, we don't really operate like that. <laughs> we're not, we're not that spontaneous. We like to uh, plan everything out and, um, uh, but I mean, when we get, obviously when we start writing an album, nobody really has anything and we just start getting together and a riff here and a riff there. Like, like I said, it's a slow evolution that over time that, I mean, you know, if, we, if it wasn't for the pandemic, we wouldn't be talking about a double album. Yeah. That was the we, other we had the extra time. So we used it to write music cause we don't, there was no tour looming and there was no, there's nothing else to think right. about except for the album. Right. So we just kind of dug in and just kept pouring over and pouring over and building and building. And, and uh, we had way too much material. So we had to scale it back and we were, we were able to get to 15. It's funny. I've talked to people who, who during the pandemic, some of them will say, yeah, I took the time to practice a lot, you know? And then I've heard some say, I hate practicing. I never practice. So everything is just so different. That's what's fun about it. Yeah. I'm not a big, practicer i mean i guess i do sometimes but uh i mean i love playing you know but i prefer more playing with people it's it's more fun than just kind of jamming by yourself because you had time did the um themes maybe did the songs changed i mean you know it was such a weird time a year and a half or 20 months ago did you i, I think i can't remember who i talked to an artist it was like, like the month in and it was like man these songs are really depressing <laughs> put, put those aside you know the songs are pretty depressing on the album so but that was happening already so it wasn't like the pandemic changed everything anything for us it just sort of confounded it you know it's okay yeah. to it's okay to be depressing it's okay sure. for yeah. well, music to be the... depressing and it's okay to be depressed as long as it's not you know clinical depression and it's okay it's okay to kind of sit in it for a while because you know i mean we lost someone near and dear to us and and we knew that the next record was going to be about him and for him and and was going to be a monument to the relationship that we had with him and everything that he did for our band namely nick john our our manager and one of our best friends that passed away from pancreatic cancer in 2018 huge loss for the band and uh, there was no possible way for us to you know sidestep it so we put you know the 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 album itself to me is is a manifestation of you know the that grief cycle going through that as a band you know the four of us trying to work it out and figure out you know what happened and why and all those questions and frustrations and the anger that's associated with that uh when someone 
leaves too soon. You know, some sort of almost resolve at the end with the song Gigantium, where we just kind of see the sun poking out behind the clouds a little bit. So you had that going in. I mean, when you started, you kind of all knew this was going to help drive where we're going. Did your previous albums, do you have that sort of thing going in? Obviously not this exact same instance or same scenario, but is it something that you sit around ahead of time and say, here's where we, it's actually really, it's a, it's, it's kind of a, it's unspoken, you know, it's more like it gets written about and then you realize, Oh, this person's, Oh, Troy's writing about it. Troy's really writing about it. Okay. You know, I can, I'm, I'm probably going to write about it too. Uh, so it's unspoken it's written about and you kind of just acknowledge in that way uh and the emotion behind the actual music the the riffs that come i don't know i'm i guess i'm one of those people that sees when when i'm hearing riffs or something that bill's playing or something that brent's playing i i I see like a little movie in my head you know kind of like a cinematic theme starts to unfold yeah i don't know for this record in, in particular uh it just seemed a lot darker it kind of yeah. it, 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 that sort of guides the lyrics a little bit too you know you, you you there's there's evocative riffs you know i mean i'm i'm more stimulated i guess from the music the musical aspect of it than the lyrics for any kind of music that i listen to i don't pay attention to the lyrics that often you know i'm i'm getting a feeling from the sounds that are happening more so than whatever's being spoken you know i'd be like I, singing I, some s- singing along to some song have no idea what the words are for 30 years I'm, like you don't know I'm, the words to that song i'm like i don't know the words to it i have no uh, idea what they're talking about i could i don't know I, i'm getting more of a, a vibe from the the actual music that's being played so that's more like where my brain is i, uh, I get it completely i'm the exact in fact i i recommended to my daughter who was a athlete at a catholic school that she had to play a certain song for their like warm-up music and she's like dad do you have any idea what that's about <laughs> I was like oh yeah okay probably better not do that <laughs> was it uh eric clapton's cocaine <laughs> no, it, was, uh, it was uh scissor sisters whole new way i think oh, okay <laughs> which is a great melody i love the song <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, aside from cocaine, uh, I know <laughs> everybody knows what that's about. Right. Um, no, I'm, I'm in the dark a lot of times with the with the lyrics of, of a song. Uh, but about- as far as the previous albums, yeah, I think that around Crack the Sky is when we started to realize that, hey, Mastodon would be a really great dumping ground for all these uh, sort of negative emotions that we're experiencing. We can put it all in that vessel, put that out into the world, hopefully uh, make something pretty out of a maybe not so great situation and uh maybe help somebody along the way a little bit and help ourselves you know and then for some reason uh every time we would we would go into a writing mode or or come into some downtime and be like you know brent's brother passed away um bill's mom had a had brain cancer and died and uh Troy's wife had breast cancer and we just started I just started to every time we would go into a writing cycle it seemed like we would have this tragic event sort of uh be the informer you know that would ride tandem with the writing of the album you know and and we don't obviously live in a vacuum and so when we're in uh writing mode or creating mode and you're being affected by these uh sort of traumatic experiences that's what informs your art you know, if you're going to be honest, I mean, you could sidestep it and grab the newspaper and write about current events, but 
the thing that's on your mind is the thing that's going to inform your whatever you're creating yeah. at the moment at that moment in time so yeah. that sort of monopolizes uh all your creative energy and so um if you're being honest in the press or if you're being you know honest with yourself and your lyrics we just started to get more literal and less fantastical which you know i don't know if that's good or bad but um <laughs> you know I, I, it's good for us it, it, it has to help that you guys have been together so long i i I don't remember who it was again that I was talking to, but they were saying how having been a band together for so long, it's sort of one of the big advantages is, is you're over the whole, uh, as you were saying, you can be honest with each other. You don't have to tiptoe around, you know, you don't have to lead every sentence with, I know you're really good, but you know what I mean? Don't <laughs> yeah. take this the wrong way, but you, you yeah, I'm, I'm no, guessing. we're pretty past that almost that, just about 22 years together. Makes a big difference though, doesn't it? I think so. I don't know. I don't really have anything to uh, put it up against, but I, I mean, yeah, as far as relationships are concerned, you know, this is my longest relationship is with these guys. Mm -hmm. I was reading uh, your Rolling Stone article. It's been a pretty good, uh, you've done some pretty cool stuff. Uh, The uh, Game of Thrones thing jumped out at me. Obviously I was a huge fan. Uh, What was that experience like? Yeah, that was a good little TV show they had over there. It was okay. (laughs) <laughs> nice little TV show. <laughs> it did all right. But yeah. For people um, know, you guys got to uh, actually appear in what uh, two seasons anyway, right? Yeah, we were on one episode or in in uh, season five and episode in season seven, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. We, you know, just to get to be there, you know, it was it was for us it was. It was just cool to be on set, hang out with uh, with some uh, some White Walkers. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Full, you got to do makeup and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, we had our own trailers, and you know, it was pretty. It was pretty special. Uh, we started a tour in Ireland, and um, they filmed in Belfast, and so we got there a couple days early. I was, uh, we were part of a pretty epic um, scene. It was a, a big battle scene called Hard Home, uh, where the White Walkers turn the Wildlings into into whites, and the uh, you know the King White Walker comes out and raises the army of the dead. And Jon Snow is looking in horror, thinking, "Yeah, this is the end. <laughs> you know, it's coming. Winter's here." So um, it's cool to be laying in the mud for that. Yeah, <laughs> and to get up with that. I looked over and I saw Bill. My guitar player was asleep in the mud and uh, we were about to have to have our cue, you know, that we're supposed to get up. And I think that he woke up at the last second. Otherwise he was like about to be that guy (laughs) amongst (laughs) hundreds of extras that were laying in the mud that, you know, they had these cues, one, two groups, one, two, and three. And so we were, they were staggering when you had to stand up and we all, you know, nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that white Walker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was, that was really fun. Um, obviously, you know, uh, who initiated uh, the whole thing, I guess. Um, Dan B. Weiss was one of the co-creators and one of the writers of the show. Uh, was a, a Mastodon fan. And we played a festival in the UK with, uh, Metallica, Alice in Chains, and uh, Motorhead. It was big, you know, like a, a download festival, or I think it was Sonosphere. 
I can't remember one of the two. Um, actually it was our, our guitar player, Brent had stayed behind to hang out and watch more bands. And I think we were done with our tour. So I just like got out of there with everybody else and went back to the hotel and crashed. Um, but I guess he stayed behind with our publicist, Emma <clears throat> and, uh, somebody came up to Brent and asked for a photo and, and they had an, a U.S. accent. So he asked where they were from and what they were doing in town. And they said, we're filming a TV show. And he said, what TV show? And they were like, oh, Game of Thrones. So, you know, eyes got wide. We were all big fans. We had watched, kind of brought our band and crew together every Sunday uh, on tour, watched Game of Thrones, you know, on the tour bus. And so very exciting got you know some phone numbers got passed around our publicists kept in touch with them and and uh they made it made it happen to where we could be extras in the show that's really cool that had to be pretty probably didn't see that coming but glad it did kind of thing you know oh yeah I've, there's been a bunch of uh instances where i just uh i say thank you mastodon for <laughs> 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 making my life really really cool that's what yeah, that's what I kind of what I was thinking when I was reading all that stuff. Yeah, you've done some cool stuff. And uh, yeah, it's all, you know, I mean, it's all gravy, baby. It's the other funny thing I wanted to mention, and it's more a, a, a pick at me, but I have said on our show several times that uh, the Lionel Richie show at Bonnaroo, when they announced it, I just thought was, I, I couldn't believe they were bringing Lionel Richie. I was not happy. I, I didn't think it was the right fit and whatever. And ever since that is the one show besides Paul McCartney that everybody talks about as being just one of their favorites. And, and there, you mentioned it in that article. It was one of your favorites. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I know it was, it, I, I, I was kind of blown away. You know, he was so funny and so cool. And, and the songs were so great. Uh, I didn't, he had a whole shtick going, man, that was just a great show. I loved it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not kidding it comes up all the time that's there. funny i didn't know that yeah i, <laughs> I yeah. thought i was the only one that liked it oh no <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> no it was, they were they were lined up for lionel that's for sure that's right and and uh, even i was surprised at the number of uh i mean young people you know 20s who were who came back to camp that night and were saying that was one of the best shows i've ever seen and what a blast and so I, I went and saw was... him again when I, I went and saw him again a few months later at the Chastain Park here in Atlanta. Uh, you know, That's... I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to see Lionel again. I had got just gotten home from Europe and I remember sitting in the audience. I almost fell asleep because I was just so completely yeah. uh, jet lagged and out of it. But, uh, you know, it was yeah. it was fine. It, like was I great. said, I, I tell the story because good for Lionel and bad for me. You know, what it is. Yeah. I think I stayed at camp. I was like, I'm not going to that thing. Oh man, you missed it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But I miss Tom Petty too. So, you know. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. It's not the first. It won't be the last either. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of touring, how you guys are, uh, I assume you're glad to be back out and playing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've played five shows. They've all been festivals, throw and goes and the whole deal. So it's, uh, it's been good to get back out there, you know, uh, dust the rust. So we start on Saturday, another festival on Saturday, but, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we start, uh, or Sunday we play Monday, Tuesday, we play in Asheville, North Carolina with Opeth and Zeal and Ardor. And that will be the start of our, tour tour 
that um, will go for about three weeks, which is not very long. So, you know, dipping our toes in, getting back to it, uh, you know, sleeping on a shelf, <laughs> yeah. living out of my backpack. I've been spoiled be- being home for this long, man. I don't know. You know, <laughs> so uh, we'll see if I can. I'll have to get the melatonin going and my whole routine out there. I, I think I would be remiss and and not asking just because of the timing, but uh, the incident at Astro World over by Houston is just a horrible thing. Is that oh, uh, yeah? Is that- it reminds me of the Ross Kilda Festival thing that happened twenty years ago. So yeah, it's not the first time for people who don't know the you know seventy nine I guess in Cincinnati. Um, nothing to this extent, but uh, what does that do in your world? I mean, is it just something you you talk about uh like the rest of us and say how horrible or is it something more business corporate like i guess if you will is it something else that you have to one more thing to talk well i mean no i don't i don't think i mean it it really i think it's it's kind of an an anomaly you know what i mean Uh, you know fortunately it's not something that happens a lot it's pretty rare so that aspect of it is, you know, it's not like uh, it's rampant, you know, like, oh, my God, people are just being crushed at every show. There's people dying. And the, right, that would just right, be, right. oh, my God, this is insane. What's going on? Something needs to change. Um, so, I mean, the writing, I guess the writing was on the wall. I haven't, you know, read super deep into what exactly went on. And I think that there's an investigation into what was happening there. So I don't know all the ins and outs of it. it's 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 horrible horrible um tragedy um but you know i i trust the 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 people that come out to our shows to to um you know to be mindful of each other and um i trust the security at the venues that we play i mean we have it's a little more, you know, they're a little smaller than probably what that show, what was happening there than that festival, you know, the festivals seem like, a, you know, they're a little further out of control of, of what we can do, you know, right. or you have, a, um, our tour manager has a security meeting every show and they talk about what needs to go down and how we want things, uh, done. And, um, so, it's a little more in our control when, when it's our show, you know, when it's a festival, it's a little bit out of our control. We don't know, but, um, man, yeah, I could see how easily it could happen. I remember myself like going to see, uh, I was in the pit for rage against the machine, 1993 Lollapalooza and a bunch of people's legs just kind of got locked. There was a bunch of people in front of me that were trying to get out of there because it just got real, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. tight real fast and uh a whole bunch of people fell down and i was one of them i remember my face just going right into the dirt and people were just stepping on my head and i'm like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die in this in this pit this is insane you know i finally pulled myself up out of there nobody helped me it was really scary yeah yeah so you can see how it can happen it can happen like that just in an instant and then there's nothing anybody can do and I don't know. It's uh, I'm sure um, what a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. Reading about the families this yesterday or the day before, I guess, is just heartbreaking. Uh, uh, you know, 
some of them are my kids' age, so that I kind of put me in that mind. Right. But I, I haven't had, I haven't fallen, but I know at at uh, one of the crowds at Bonnaroo, you know, people will sit or fall asleep or pass out, so you kind of have to watch where you're stepping as well as where you're going. Right. And it was late at night, and that was the only time I think I started, you know, in walking in this area and and was heading that way and ended up over here without knowing how I got there type of thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh it, it's very scary You're yeah especially control, when you know, when they start pushing from back from from the back people start pushing and and you start getting crushed you're like oh my god i could really get yeah. completely crushed here <laughs> like, I, have, I have no control this, over i have no yeah. control over it and from the back people are just you know and you're like oh my god yeah. i never try to get up on that bar man I, I, I kudos to the people that that are up on the front you know getting I'm not that I mean, guy. we've had a couple instances where we've had to talk to security and and tell them to pull some people out. You know, I know we Taco uh, Russ and I were both really looking forward to seeing you guys uh, at uh, Bonnaroo this past year. Um, yeah, yeah, you were uh, one of my picks. Yeah, for for the festival that didn't ha- didn't happen two years in a row. Oh Is man, I could not believe it. I could chances not believe we, it. Any chances we get you back there? Or is that even something you have any control over? Or how does that work? It's up to the, the, the people at Bonnaroo. They want to bring us. I mean, they, I assume they would want to. They they brought us for this yeah. past one, I guess. I mean, we were a fill-in for someone. But um, uh, I I think they like us. And we didn't. I think we've, we've always been well-behaved. <laughs> i haven't heard any bad things okay uh, good. yeah i i saw your show at uh, exit 111 in 2019 there at the farm oh cool thanks yeah thanks and, for uh, uh how we wanted to go we wanted to go watch zz top but we had to play <laughs> I understand. We're like, who did this to us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who do i talk to yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a festival I would love to see come back. I thought Exit 111 uh, worked really well there. It wasn't Bonnaroo, but it was, um, you know, just a different crowd, different energy, but uh, it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, that was great. That, I, that was the last show we played before the pandemic. Yeah. No one knew. No one knew what was no going on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, all right, man. Anything, uh, anything you wanted to make sure to mention that I didn't ask? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, well, I, I guess I got, I have a, I should probably say I have a, uh, I have a, so during the pandemic, I drew 101 clowns in 101 days to sort of occupy my time. And uh, now that it's been turned into a coffee table book that is coming out called Brown Daler's 101 clowns of the coronavirus. Nice catchy title right yeah i love it uh so that that's coming out on the 14th i think of this month uh through revolver magazine very cool why why clowns i mean it's always been a i like clowns and then uh and i have a clown room in my home you know just to kind of torture people uh when they come over uh you know show them the clown room and some reactions you know are these happy Um, clowns or all all, yeah happy clowns There's one very small Pennywise, the OG Pennywise, uh, <laughs> just over in the corner. And the, the there's a replica of the poltergeist clown that lays on the bed. So 
It's not exactly like I'm not a big fan of scary clowns on purpose, but I have a couple. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, you know, I started drawing. I drew a clown in my big sketchbook and and it, it was it was fun. It came out cool. I sent it to a couple friends and then I started sending more clowns to more friends. And and I said, oh, I'll do this for 14 days because it's going to be two weeks to slow the curve and everything was going to go back to normal. At the very yeah, beginning that's what we were told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then 101 days later, I finally had to like put them away, but they got pretty involved. And uh, and I just was exercising a different part of my brain and kind of teaching myself how to draw along the way, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was getting me out of bed every morning and going downstairs and cracking my sketchbook and then sitting and drawing this clown take like five or six, seven hours to do it. And then I would send them off to everybody. And it just turns out that the clown is such an icon that you can clown just about anything. You yeah. can turn an airplane into a clown. You can, <laughs> you know, there's a Steve Harvey clown. There's a Richard Simmons clown. There's a, there's a Texas chainsaw massacre clown. You know, there's oh, nice. you can clown place. anything basically. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's the closest thing I've ever come to um, like having a like a journal or something. So, I mean, I remember during during it, you know, there'd be people that were sort of using a whole week of clowns to sort of psychoanalyze me, and then send me a big long text of where they thought I was at mentally. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if it was like a, a doodle thing. We have a one of our sports writers at the paper where I work, uh, doodles but everything he draws are headless Kentucky basketball players. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's got these like <laughs> headless bodies doing a layup or a jump shot, never have a head on them. And he, <laughs> he'll leave them behind all over the office. <laughs> well, heads are hard to draw. Yeah. Yeah. He gets all the rest of it. Uh, that's well, funny. that's really cool. That's cool. All right, man. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time. This has been a real pleasure and an honor. Yeah. Thanks for I having appreciate me. I appreciate it. it. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Yeah, we'll see Bonnaroo. All right. You're all good. <laughs> hope so. Yeah, hope so. Right. That would be great. podcast which bands this year that matter after uh, a long long chat with mastodon and some uh, clarifications on the news i am ready to get to a round of bona true or false berry quarter lord taco are you guys ready i'm ready okay i'm ready i all can't right. wait to lose <laughs> there is no losing in this game except for, like, we're five all winners now, except we're for all five winners. Winners. <laughs> all right bona true or false bonnaroo 2022 will sell out hmm I'll say true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with true. Interesting. Really, both true. Why? Why do you think that? I just that that feeling that, uh, wow, man, that's a good question. That's a good question. And that probably could change from week to week. <laughs> um, if you'd asked me three, four months ago, I would 100% said sell out. Now I'm a little hesitant because I just don't know how people feel about it. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like people are ready to get out. I'm going to I'm gonna say it'll sell out. I have a feeling that the way people's ticket buying um, is going to change. It already has, frankly. I think that people are seeing that uh, if it is a big, big, almost once-in-a-lifetime show, it's going to do just fine. Mm-hmm. I think that with the shows that are struggling are the ones that feel as though you can get it, you know, six Anytime. months from now or a year from now. Yeah. The, we, nobody knows what the economy and people's wallets 
Yeah, boy, that's a if, great question. <laughs> if the uh, if the Black Friday presale is in the indication, it seemed like everybody was buying Black Friday presale tickets. How did it I go? Mean, I, it, it went well I, then. Yeah, everywhere I saw people posting their you know screenshots, got my tickets, confirming they bought them. It seems like everybody went out and bought them first thing. Mm-hmm. That's a great. Yeah, I, a I haven't I haven't followed through. You know, and the reason why I I think it's interesting to to differentiate between you know these once in a lifetime shows and then the shows that you can see you know, anytime. I kind of don't know which side I fall in with festivals. I don't know if the festival is a quote unquote one time, one time in your life sort of thing, or if it's just something that you can see eventually again. I don't know where I fall on this. I, I, maybe if, you know, Beyonce is, is there or something that's so unbelievable. But if it's the lineup from 2020 or 2021, I don't, I don't know if it, if it really moves the needle. Uh, yeah, I mean, think think again. I mean, we're we've done it. We're of a certain age. If I if you're a high school or college age kid, they've basically been shut down. So you you're talking about a kid who you know who's gone from 15, 16 years old, right, to now is 18, will be 19 years old, and hasn't had that opportunity. So, oh man, that's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was thinking about that just this morning. We haven't okay. been on the farm in two years. Know, almost so three years. All right. Bonna, true or false number two. We will have more than one carryover from the top two lines from 2021. We will have more than one carryover from the top two lines in 2021. From 2021. I'm going to say true. I hope it's false. I'd really? Say just start fresh. Yeah. yeah. I don't want okay. any, any bad juju from these past two lines. Oh, well, I'm thinking my morning jacket's still going to be in play. Of course, I. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think define headliner. Which line? Top he two said lines. top two lines. I said he top, said top two, two lines. lines. Yeah. Okay. So who, who else you putting in there, Barry? Who's your other carryover? You got to have a second. I know. I, I still have to believe Lizzo is in play, but I don't. I, I, other than that, I'd have, I'd have to look back at the. Um, like I'll tell you something about Lizzo. Um, and this is again, as it stands right now, uh, she has nothing on her schedule for 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're still trying to figure out the album. Uh, the last song sort of tanked. It didn't do as well at urban radio as they wanted it to. Um, it didn't do well at all at top 40. I think it only hit like 22 or something like that. And I think that they might be rethinking what the album should be. That's my guess. Um, but from what I know now, she has nothing on the schedule for 2020. And I could be way wrong. I mean, we've talked about this before. You got to hit the zeitgeist when you hit it. And we're talking almost three years later. So, you know, mm. that could yeah. just be yeah. me talking about uh, thinking, overthinking it. Mm. Um, All right. But Bonna, yeah. true or false, number three. Bonna, true or false. Barry will make more than one trip to GA. True. Taco? Did we, we did we lose Russ? We completely lost him. Oh no, we don't hear him. Oh. Oh no. That question so so <laughs> threw him off. He can't even speak. I know. We're nuts. <laughs> uh, we lost Russ. All right. We'll get him back here in a second. Uh I'm there's no possible way you're getting there more than once. No yeah. possible. Uh, actually, the next question should be will Barry leave camp? <laughs> well, that does lead me to my fourth and final bond of true or false. Brian Stone will hook up with a random at camp. True. true. Okay. 
<laughs> He's back. <laughs> Welcome back, Russ. Welcome back. Um, what's, so, what's, what's your answer on me and GA? I didn't hear the question. I, my uh, uh, everything, my but, audio dropped out, so I'm back now. Barry will make more than one trip to GA. Mana true or false? I'd say one and a half. He'll probably get about halfway and then turn back. back. I love that. He'll, he'll head his way towards the exit. Get about 15 feet out and say, nah, I'm, I'm yeah, okay. I've gone for it. I'm good. It depends on the golf cart situation. <laughs> I, know, I know nobody cares about this, but I put out my top 10 songs of 2021. And um, I uh, uh, there's one in particular I want to talk about because it's kind of it's kind of the only song I've thought about for the last couple of months. There's a band from Isle of Wight. Uh, it's two women named Wet Leg. And I am obsessed with this song, Shays Long. Um, I If I wasn't the first, I was one of two stations in the country first on it. And it's me and a station in Milwaukee that are just hammering this song. Now we've got some others like San Diego and, and Alt Nation, I think is probably on it. But man, I'm obsessed with the song. And I don't know why the rest of the format is not picked up on this. I mean, it's inc- it's everything that that rock radio, and especially alternative radio, has been begging for. Something unique and different and fun and it's our own. Um, but even though they're not getting as much love on radio, they're making everybody's top five list. Everybody. Mm -hmm. You look around, you can't find a list from a reputable uh, uh, entities that doesn't put wet leg chaise long in their top five, top 10. Now, with all that being said, they did the Seth Meyers thing. I think they did the Jimmy Fallon thing. If they get on Saturday Night Live and they hit a second song, Barry, my fingers are crossed that we're looking at the surprise Thursday night headliner being wet leg. Nice. And it exploding their career like it did for the Alabama Shakes. I am all in on this band. And um, I hope that we get something really inspired, like a Thursday night headlining slot from Wet Leg. I'm looking it up. I like it. I'll listen. I don't know it. I thought you were going to say BTS, but we'll talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, if you start getting rumors of BTS, it's going to be a Bonnaroo. Uh, I might be going to an industry event that week. I might have to. Whoops! Brad's, look there, Brad's a huge bucks. fan. If anybody wonders, he's a double huge bucks. fan. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, wrap up with the uh, the Beatles documentary. I uh, finally watched it. I yep. uh, I'll tell you, I, I didn't fall asleep. I I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we you ask, and we talked a little bit about it two weeks ago, and I had I was halfway through the first episode, and I think I was a little meh. Uh, even though I had nice things to say about it. And I told you that it's such a huge part of my family growing up. I started watching all of it and have finished. And I mean, I can't overstate again, how important the Beatles are to my life. And to, I I don't think there's a Bonnaroo without the Beatles. I don't think I'm overstating that. I have said for many years that the first year I went to Bonnaroo re-energized my entire career it reminded me why i got into the entertainment writing and journalism it was because of the music seeing mccartney on the farm reminded me how powerful the beatles the amazing i looked this up they did here i was going to ask you what were you doing when you were 25 years old either one of you i had just gotten out of college got married that's when these guys recorded this album yeah, I got, I was, I was, I had just gotten married and I was doing morning radio. Yeah. 
they were 25. Okay. I mean, fart they, jokes on know, the radio. I think Ringo was 28, but they were so 28 They're 25 to 28 years old. They did revolver and 12 months later did this. And then less than 12 months later did Abbey road. Uh, so within a, you know, two year period, they released, let it be, uh, something here comes the sun, you know, is this, I know. Right. And I, I, I heard this not too long ago, they released all we're, uh, all we need is love, which was 400 million people is the first satellite live broadcast broadcast, 400 million people watched that. Well, like two weeks later, they released Sergeant Pepper. I mean, so what those guys did in such a short amount of time, you know, is incredible. And to be able to watch the process, I, I've asked many, many times in my career about ask songwriters how they, you know, the process, how do you write song? You get to watch it mm-hmm. with this thing. It's, mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear you say you, you, you know, you, you didn't fall asleep. Um, no, I tell you, the thing that I loved about it was the thing that you seemed to hate about it at first. When you said I was afraid that it was going to be nothing but a bunch of home movies. That's right. what I love about it. Yeah, yeah. You I know, was wrong. It, it, I was feels, wrong. it feels like a bunch of home movies. And that's exactly what I'm looking for. Unedited, you know? unfiltered. Exactly. I, yeah, I feel like I'm just sitting around amongst them. Yeah. Um, yeah, watching, I think. Watching the greatest art in our lifetimes be created. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, even if you even if you don't like the Beatles, it is something that's just so unbelievably. Right. Important to have had happen in, in this world that we really love. Now, if you're not just, if you're just, even if you're not a Beatles fan, if you're not a music fan, I can understand you're not liking this, but if you're even not a Beatles fan and you love, you know, this art form, how do you not love this? Yeah. This is everything that we've ever asked for. Exactly. You know, Absolutely. you nailed it about the process. You nailed it. Plus this is, this was shot in 16 millimeter film in 1969. And it looks like it was filmed yesterday. The amount of technology and processing that they have done Great to point. make this video and audio look and sound fantastic is amazing. They basically is that a Peter invented... Jackson thing, though. Yeah, 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 yeah that's Peter all Jackson. Peter Jackson. I mean, they basically invented like new technologies so that they could take the sound out of the mono track and remix it so that you know it sounds better. And you know, it's that's amazing. such a great point, Russ. It... I, I was thinking about that yesterday watching it. This is 1969 and it does. It feels like today. Mm-hmm. The, the, the families, it doesn't feel dated. Uh, you know, it doesn't feel like we're watching old documentary type films at all. It feels very, very uh, of the moment. And, and I think I did make this point before, even for people who don't like it, don't like the Beatles and don't think they're the greatest thing ever. If you don't like them, I understand that. But to, to try to argue that they weren't important, oh, this, that's that's I know, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I am. What you're talking about, what they, and what they created, I mean, there were so many things in, that, that happened during that rec- recording that bands today are still doing, mm-hmm. that that was the first time. And, you know, just being first is one thing, but they were so good at it. That's mm-hmm. the thing that is incredible to me so the the other my final thing that i love about it is that i really like the fact how much they like each other i they they are actually buddies you know and i think that that part was the most surprising to me because i never really thought that they kind of i thought they just all dealt with each other well and that's that 
that's a great point. I, I, one of the things I've come away with is how much I really like John Lennon and I was not a John Lennon fan. Yeah. Uh, he was always, it always seemed he was so acerbic, you know, I, you know what I mean? He always was just back against the wall, but he's awesome in this thing. And mm-hmm. the relationship that he and Paul have and all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, and it's way inside Beatle baseball stuff, but you really sort of appreciate how much the early years when they were in Germany meant to them. I mean, they were a, a club band doing eight hours a night playing three shows. They're good. They yeah. know what they're doing. Oh my know, God. And you, you just, you just reminded me another thing that I really was surprised. Ringo's good. He's terrific. I mean, he just picks up and you never have to worry about him. Yeah. Right. Like That's you a- never have to tell him something twice. And no wonder they liked him so much because they could lick, do. Yeah. yeah, they could do whatever they wanted to thinking in their own way. And they know that Ringo would be fine with it. And every lick is perfect. That's, yeah. I, I've heard, you know, I've heard Dave Grohl talk about that. He's not flashy. He's not John Bonham. He's not Keith Moon. Mm-hmm. But when you need a lick, you know, for let it like, let it be. Is it let it be? Yeah, let it be. He doesn't come in for like 20, 30 seconds. That had never been done before. You know, so just a little detail like that make helps make that song. Same with Billy Preston. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. Bringing him in to play the piano, you can tell. That was amazing. Change yeah. the entire room, right? Mm-hmm. Change the songs. Just random. He just showed up and it's like, we need a piano player. And oh my God, you could just hear the songs transform. Uh, but but two things about Ringo, man, he has the patience of Job. Watching him just sit That's there right. and never say anything, yeah, and then, and then be on it, and then on was, it yep. uh-huh. was pretty uh-huh. incredible. And then to you know to just watch those guys. Oh, I got another idea, and it's let it be. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> I. You know, it does it does sort of make you think about just human human nature. You can have three strong personalities, but I don't know if you can have four. I think four might just be too many. You know. Uh, and this is total name dropping, but I keep coming back to it. Richard Lloyd is a guitar player with television. Uh, they did Marquee Moon, which is on everybody's top five uh, punk rock albums uh, of all time. Richard it lives here in Chattanooga now. And he, he told me he knew, he knew they were making a, a game changing, a classic record. So he has that confidence, confidence. But he, he said, and many people have said it, the Beatles, it took four of them. You know, you've got four unbelievably strong personalities and together you've got, you know, gold mm-hmm. individually, they would have all been okay, but nothing like what the four of them uh, created. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm glad you brought up Ringo. I'm, I'm really glad you watched it. Cause yeah, well, I've still are... got, I've still got to get halfway through. I'm only halfway through. Um, oh, you, you know, know the be- best parts ahead for because, you. Because I mean, it is an investment, man. I mean, and, I and it's not like it moves fast. Uh, no. and you know, I've got to rewind it a lot because I don't know what, is there something wrong with my brain? But if you give me an accent, it is really hard for me to understand. Oh, there's you know? that's why they have subtitles. That is it, funny. Yeah. It is. It is a little difficult. Like this is the reason yeah. why I, I can't do Lord of the Rings is like, I have to like start over and over again. Like, what did they just say? Hang on a second. Let me take some notes here. Cause I, yeah. I just can't there's follow some, it. There's some rough parts in there. And, yeah. and, uh, for me, 
I mean, it's kind of like going back to this discussion with Russ about Dune. How much do you need to know for this to be good? You know, how much of the book versus mm-hmm. there are so many things that, you know, I'm a huge Beatle fan. So, I mean, every detail, every comment, Man, everything is. Important. Yeah. Again, I just keep coming back to like, I don't think you need to know anything and I don't think you need, need to be a fan, but there is something in, you know, I agree. Uh, like a drug about watching the process. At least I, you know how much I obsess over that kind of stuff. And this entire show is born out of the idea of obsessing about mundane details. And um, boy, they, yeah. it, that's just one big mundane detail. In that, and that's in that where I, I give Peter Jackson total props because he knows when to move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could just let that camera roll and we could, you know, labor through, yeah. but he moves on to, you know, suddenly it's a hit. Now I hear it type of, yeah. I, I, it's really, yeah, and I'm glad, and I'm glad that there's no like overall narration that's exactly. trying to tell you a story. I don't need any of that. I just want to watch guys figure it out on the fly. That's what I just, I, I love so much about this thing. Yeah. I mean, like for me, for example, I knew it was going to end as we all probably, we all should have. It was. Don't tell end. me spoiler alert. Don't uh, tell me how it ends. Well, we all knew they were going to play on top of the Apple building, you know, but to see that moment when they're really struggling, like, what are, what are we going to do? What's the event going to be? And then all of a sudden, aha, you know, done. There it is. So I don't know. I, I'm just so glad I watched it. And I'm so, I'm really glad you guys are watching it, and I recommend anybody else who cares about music. You know, it's one it's one of those it. topics that you know will be camp fodder. Oh my god! You know this is gonna this is gonna take over an entire hour of conversation at camp. I think it's going to be topic for us going forward when we have guests. Because oh, again, maybe you right can't. I in my entire career, I can't tell you how many artists oh, the Beatles come up. Yeah. You know, doesn't matter whether it's a 19 year old or a 90 year old, uh, the Beatles are a huge influence. And so this thing is going to, you're exactly right. It's going to be chatter, fodder. I, I really hate to cut you off, but you, Hurricane Linda is about to make landfall. So <laughs> I have got to go. Tell her howdy. Hug oh, and howdy Linda. <laughs> hey, mom. Hey. Oh, boy. Lucky, lucky us. Uh, man, I, I love the conversation. Um, you know, it was a loaded week, a lot of information, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out over the over the holiday. You guys have a great holiday if I don't talk to you. Uh, Barry, want to talk anything else before we go? No, just everybody, uh, we never say it. Hit that subscribe button. And, uh, oh, hey, yeah. it is the holidays. I've got T-shirts and uh, wow. koozies and stickers. You can still Last buy Last second Christmas gifts. Go to the whatpodcast.com. You know. Stocking still- stuffers. Yeah, get uh-huh. it for your mom. Get it for your dog. Sure, a lot of Ooh, stuff. Look at that. A lot of yeah. stuff available. Still available yeah. online. Still available. Right, the what's right? Com. Still, yep. still online. I'll yeah. ship it out to you. Man, you are so good, so good. Yeah. Will you? Are you going to include a little like lock of hair into uh, every package? Send me a nice note and a request, whatever okay. you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At this, at this point now, it's negotiable. Uh, yeah. Lord Taco, Barry Quarter. I'm Brad. We'll talk to you next uh, sometime. I don't know. Next year. Love you. Bye. Love you guys. See you. See you. Consequence Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.